Hello, everybody. This is Rich Sports Talk, broadcasting on SoundCloud, Speaker Tune, and available for download on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I'm your host, Nolan Rich. We are in a very interesting business here in the sports entertainment industry. And a lot of what, what makes us popular and a lot of what people want to hear is our reactions. Overreactions are just a part of sports. Whenever there's a big loss by a big team, whenever, for example, the Patriots lose a game, oh my God, it's the end of the dynasty. It's, it's been going on for 18 years. We've seen this story time and time again. The Patriots will be just fine. But we like to overreact. It's fun. It's entertaining. But one thing I've noticed that a lot of people, especially in the last few weeks, have overreacted to and saying that it's it's one of the worst things in sports is the following. College football players holding out of bowl games for the NFL draft. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, this is ruining college football. These kids, they, they shouldn't go to the NFL draft early. They should finish their season and play in these bowl games it is unfair it's not fair for us as a fan base we pay to see these players relax just relax okay the thing i i will support players more because especially college football players and i understand the whole idea about paying players is a topic that a lot of people have strong opinions about and while I don't agree with necessarily paying the players, and I understand the value of the education that they're getting, I don't understand why people are crushing these kids for holding out of bull games. Let me ask you this. If a kid held out of a college football playoff, that'd be one thing. But kids that hold out of these bull games, do you realize how many bowl games there are? I really want you to think about this. Can you tell me how many bowl games there are? There's a lot. We have almost two weeks of bowl games. Where teams that are 6-6 six and 7-5 six and seven and five are playing each other in these bowl games. If I was to say, can you name me 10 bowl games? Let me do you one better. Name... Name me five bowl games that aren't on New Year's Day or that they'll be playing the college football playoff in. Hmm, struggling to get two or three, right? See, the amount of bowls has grown over the years to a point where now we have so many bowl games we can't even keep track. In fact, you see a common segment this time of year on multiple radio shows and on multiple TV shows. Is this a bowl game or not where they will throw out bowl game names? And sponsorships. And people have to guess if it's a real bowl game or not. That's how many bowl games we have. We have games now where it's like, eh, that, that could be a bowl game. Eh, I'm not sure that that, that sounds legitimate. I, I think it is. So that just shows you how many bowl games there are. There are a lot of them. So many that we don't even know half the names of the bowl games. So when people say to me, Oh, come on. And I've gotten a couple of emails about this at richsportstalk at gmail.com saying this is the worst thing is when these college kids, they don't understand how great it is to play in a bowl game, and they should play in these games. If you are a legitimate first-round big in the NFL draft, why would you risk it? See, college football is unique in this country 
It's the only sport where you are required to be a member of a team for three years, three years at the bare minimum, in order to play in the NFL. College basketball, you have that one-and-done rule. You only have to play one year, and then you can go professional. College football, you have to be a member of a team for three years before you even have a shot of going to the NFL. This is the most violent game we play in this country. Injuries happen all the time. And, you know, it's great when you're being scouted and people say you're a great player, but when we get into this draft process, you know what happens? During the season, we talk about how great a player is and all the positives about them. But once we get into the draft process, once it starts going along, Notice how the tone shifts to the negatives about them, what they do off the field, how they didn't perform well at the combine, how they look slower than we thought, how they gained 15 pounds since the end of the season, and then they showed up 15 pounds overweight at the combine. The tone changes. We are nitpicking. And one nitpick I love is when people jump on players saying, well, you know, he's always been hurt. He's banged up. He's had a couple injuries even though that kid may have been playing through injuries to help his team out and just made it worse. When Nick Bosa decided he was going to leave Ohio State early and declare for the draft midway through the season, I remember people were outraged, and I did an episode about this and how I supported him. And I said, wait a minute. Guys, time out. He has helped that program immensely, helped put them in position to get into the college football playoff for years and has been a staple on that defensive line. He was going to miss most of the regular season and only had a shot to be back for the college football playoff. Now, if Ohio State made that playoff, which they are very close to doing, would would he have maybe regretted? Possibly, but he's a guy who's going to be a consensus top pick or at the very least top three pick in the upcoming draft. We forget the rookie wage scale now has reduced the amount of salary these rookies can get coming in. And more importantly, the amount of guaranteed money you get, it rapidly depreciates as you go further in that first round. There's a big difference between being the number one pick and the number five pick and the number 10 pick and the number 15 pick for the amount of guaranteed money you get. And Bosa understands that. So does Ed Oliver. Noah Faint from Iowa. There's a long list of guys who are not playing in these bowl games. And I know the first instinct is to crush these kids. But for most of them, they've played a lot of games. They've played well over 20, 25 football games, risking their health to help a program that's bringing in millions of dollars, handfuls of money. And now when they say, you know what, I want to look out for myself because I only get one shot to play in the NFL. And if I get hurt and hurt my draft stock, I get hurt the amount of money I make in the league. Because we always talk about the second contract, but if you can get what you can get on the first contract, you take it. The average lifespan in the NFL is still only three and a half years. So for these players, they realize they have a short window to make money. For most of us, we have 40 to 50 years after college to make our living 
do you realize the best NFL players probably have, if they're lucky, a 10-year window, a 10-year window to make their money? Why would they risk it in a bowl game? Why would they risk it in a bowl game where if I was to say, where is this team playing in a bowl game and you don't know the answer to, why is it worth it? If they're not playing for the national championship, why does it matter if they miss a bowl game? Which the only thing it does is basically add a win or a loss to the end of the year record. Could your team maybe finish three places higher in the poll? Yeah, but what does that do for you as a player? It doesn't do anything. So when people crush these players, for, like Christian McCaffrey, for holding out of these bowl games a couple years ago, and then they succeed in the NFL and you say, well, imagine if he got hurt. What if McCaffrey tore his ACL? You know, the knock would have been him on the, in the draft. Well, you know, he he tore his ACL. You know, it doesn't matter that he gutted it out and played in a meaningless bowl game, but he tore his ACL, and now he's not going to be able to play for us till at least week 10 the next season. That takes him from being a top 10 pick to being probably a draft day, a, at best a second-day draft pick, more likely a third-day draft pick that they're hoping they can rehabilitate and get him back on the field. This isn't the NBA where – you know, if you're one of those five or ten guys, you know you're going. The chance for risk and injury is greatly reduced in basketball compared to football. Football, you can get rolled up and break your ankle. It's that simple. You're one play away from a career-ending injury. And these players know that, and they know their value. And I have no problem with them sitting out these bowl games. And I know these coaches, some of them come out and will bash the player. This player committed to your program and gave you two to three great years, sometimes four great years of production. And in a lot of these cases, they help keep your job or allow you to get a contract extension at that program or get a new job at a better program. And you're disappointed that they can't play on a, in a bowl game that's on December 27th? That most people outside of your fan base don't even know about unless they accidentally flip through it on television. Oh, look, they're playing in this bowl game. (laughs) Hey, I didn't even know they were in a bowl game. I have no problem with these players holding out. And I think it's going to be a new trend we're going to see. Now, if a kid isn't on a team that is competing to be in the college football playoff and they decide to do a Nick Bosa and they're not hurt – hold out I will have a different opinion of that but if they have a legitimate injury or nagging injuries that they want to get healed up before the info I have no problem and here's my thought about this too scouts are gonna have tape now if you feel you have enough tape on you that's fine if you're a first round pick or you're projected to be a first or early second round pick and you feel you've played 20 games and you have your resume padded for the NFL By all means, one bowl game is not going to greatly affect you. You might have an absolutely terrific game. Could that evaluate your draft stocks? Maybe slightly, but very little. The bowl games are more important for those four-year guys that are borderline NFL players. When you have the amount of games reduced to just those days, where scouts, there's there's less games for scouts to check out, so they have a greater focus on these bowl games. And maybe you're a fourth-year senior linebacker or corner 
who's been, eh, he might be a prospect. Maybe he's a free agent signing that we can bring in. And you have a great bowl game. That might show off to one of these scouts saying, man, that kid played really good in that game. Maybe I got to go back to the drawing board and the film room and see. Maybe there's something I missed about this kid. And maybe you go from being a sixth or seventh round pick to maybe a fourth round pick because of a great bowl game because scouts weren't really paying attention to you. They saw you have a great game, and then they're saying, going back and saying, you know, the more I look at this film, the more I like this kid. And I think he fits our scheme, and he's an underrated guy that a lot of people have overlooked. There's a lot of college football players, and it's very easy to tell who's the top 30. I mean, if you look at the top 30 prospects from McShay and Kuyper, they didn't change much from the beginning of the year to, to now. And a lot of the guys that are now in that list were guys who were borderline at the beginning of the year. There's not many that just come out of nowhere. And the ones that do, they're usually behind a great player the year before, and then they finally have an opportunity to play 12 or 13 games, and they come and play 12 or 13 great games. The harder part and the way the bowl games help is because since there's less competition now, it's those borderline. It's those prospects 100 to 252. It's those guys who are going to go on day three, where instead of being, well, he might be an invite to a training camp, he might be upgraded to an undrafted free agent or a seventh or sixth round pick because a team sees him play well. They give him a little bit more attention. They're saying, you know what? He, hey, he, that bowl game we saw, you know, he played well. We might have to give him another look. But you don't see it with the top 30 guys because they have enough on their resume. And you are one of those guys. I have no problem with you holding out. It's the guys the guys who are hurt if they hold out of a bowl game are those fourth or fifth year senior guys who are going to struggle to make a roster. Because that is a golden opportunity for you. But outside of the college football playoff, unless you're one of those top picks, there's no point to playing in these bowl games. You don't have anything to game and everything to lose. If Ed Oliver, for example, he has a lot of strikes going against him. He's missed a couple games with injuries. He had that spat with the coach on the sideline. And despite all that, he's probably, barring a terrible combine, going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft next year. You know what would be bad? He goes out and plays for Houston in a meaningless bowl game. He goes out and tears his ACL. He's going to miss a significant time. You know what the all the scouts are going to say? Well, we can't draft him early. He's not going to play for us most of next year. We're not going to take a flyer on a guy that's going to not be able to play till the back end of the season. And is this a red flag for this kid? Because he missed three games earlier in the season because of injury. Now he tears his ACL. He's had a couple of nagging injuries. That puts a red flag on him. And he goes from being a top five pick, guaranteed millions of dollars and a bonus, to being a guy who drops tremendously in this draft. He still could get picked in the first round, but it won't be top five. Because if you're a team in the top five, those coaches and GM, there's a reason you're in the top five. You're not a good football team. And you don't think you're getting watched by your fan base and your owner. And if they don't see significant improvement, your job isn't on the line. If the Raiders, for example, took Oliver with, let's say, the second pick, and he had torn his ACL. That's the one exception where maybe because Gruden, just because of the contract, he's not going anywhere. But could you imagine if, let's say, Greg Williams stays in Cleveland and they drafted a guy who wasn't going to play for them for 10 games, and they struggle next year, you don't think they're going to say, man, they don't know what they're doing. They drafted a guy that can't even play in the first round, and now they're struggling. So once again, and I know this has become this is a popular time to bash a lot of these kids, 
who, by the way, if you're a fan of those fan bases, you should be thanking them because they've helped your program for 25, 30 games, probably some of them even more. Especially if you're in the top 25, you should be thanking these kids. Hey, thank you for giving me legitimate football and giving me entertaining football throughout the entire season for a meaningless bowl game that's going to be played in Mississippi because you care about getting millions of dollars in the NFL because it's your one shot to get picked in the first round. You only get one draft shot. You might get other shots with other teams once you're in the league because of free agency or trades, but you only get one shot to be drafted high and get more guaranteed money. So for these kids, I have absolutely no problem with them holding out these bowl games. I know it's a topic that people are thinking it's the end of the world and it's a terrible trend. I'm sorry, trend, because all these kids are holding out. But I have no problem with it. Could I have a different opinion if one of these kids was holding out the college football playoff? Maybe. Because then they're not helping their team win a national championship. But if they feel that it's in their best interest... They gave three years. They committed to that program. They made a decision to help that program for three or four years. And now, for the first time in their life, they have the opportunity to make a decision that's best for them monetarily. I have no problem with these kids holding out bowl games if they feel it's going to help their NFL aspirations. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program today. Remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the shows. If you'd like to get on the air, we'd love to hear from you. I had a couple questions once again today about my thoughts on kids holding out of the bowl games. Once again, the email richsportstalk at gmail.com. Make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest content. But once again, I'm Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Rich Sports Talk.